Hello, my friends. This is Bishop Campbell welcoming you again to a short meditation on the theme of living the Catholic life. Today we celebrate a very significant feast day. It is significant because it is the patronal feast day of the Catholic Church in the United States. And the Church in the United States early on adopted this for various reasons. I think one of them was the fact that the doc, uh, doctrine of the Immaculate Conception was promulgated only in 1854. But it has become the patronal feast day of the United States. It is under non-epidemic conditions, a holy day of obligation. But I want to speak about it in the context of the season in which the feast day is celebrated, the season of Advent. The doctrine is very clearly stated. It teaches that Mary, from the moment of her conception and through the grace of our Heavenly Father was free from all sin, original as well as personal sin. This privilege was granted because as part of of God's plan for our salvation, Mary was to play a significant and in fact crucial role. Now, I want to stress the fact that the Immaculate Conception refers to the Virgin Mary. So often you hear people who don't quite understand uh, Catholic tradition or Catholic theology confuse it with the birth of Jesus Christ. But in fact, it says something about our Blessed Mother. And it says something first about her significant role in the history of our salvation— And in fact, if you go through sacred scripture, you will realize that Mary was present at each of the significant moments of our salvation through Jesus Christ, except for one. And it was also because Mary, through a profound sense of the presence of God, through a profound ability to hear the word of God, became an exemplar of all Christians, the first of disciples, but not only the first, but one of many that was to follow. Because whenever we celebrate a feast day dedicated to the Blessed Mother, we say something about her unique role in salvation history, but we also say something about ourselves because we are all called to exemplify Mary in our own lives. What she was by her immaculate conception, free of all sin, we are to be by our baptism, by her holy assumption. She is the first to be taken up into heaven, and we pray that, in fact, we too will be part of that great taking up when our Lord Jesus Christ comes at the end of all history. But there's an aspect of that feast day that I think touches very much upon the season of Advent that we celebrate. A season when we prepare to celebrate the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. A season when we are 
told to expect his second coming and in fact must be prepared for it day by day. But a season also that touches upon the providence of God. How our Heavenly Father works through our time and our history. And that providence of God is, in fact, what is directing the whole of creation and, in fact, our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. And that providence of God is revealed to us. We could not have guessed at it. We couldn't have planned for it. But as St. Paul said, it is the great mystery that has been revealed and fulfilled in the appearance of our Lord Jesus Christ. The providence of God is an unveiling of his plan for us and for all creation. And for us as a body and for us as individuals. That providence, his hand working through our time and our history, is revealed in what sacred scripture calls the fullness of time. That is the moment that God judges to be the moment of revelation, the now of his his providence. And we have to understand that the fullness of time cannot be calculated by merely human reasoning. It is not something that we describe or shape. It is a decision on the part of God that at that moment came the opportunity to reveal further that revelation of his providence, of his care, of his mercy, and his profound love for us. And one of the questions that I think arises for us in the season of Advent is do we wait expectantly for the final revelation, the fullness of all history and time? And shall we know it when it appears? And of course, that is the grand culmination, the finality uh, of all uh, salvation history. But there are moments in each of our lives when the providence of God, the plan for each one of us, is revealed to us. As John Henry Newman said in a very famous meditation that he wrote, that every one of us, and he uh, would said, me, I, I know that I am part of God's plan. What that part is to be, I may not know at any moment, but I know that I have not been created for nothing. I have been placed in this earth at this time and in this place in order to achieve something for God and something that touches upon my eternal soul. And the question of Advent is, do we wait expectantly for that revelation? Do we pray God to reveal it to us at the very same time that we are praying God to prepare us for his final coming, the second coming? And will we know it, will we hear it when it appears? Isn't this what is so profoundly moving about the Annunciation to our Blessed Mother? She knew how God spoke. 
She knew through her prayer and meditation and openness of heart and mind that when the message came to her through the agency of that angel, she knew it was the voice of God. She did not doubt it. Oh, she asked questions later. How is this to happen, she asked. But she never said, well, come on, you you can't uh, make me believe that this will happen. But she was interested in how it would appear. But it was a true voice of God. And in Advent, we are called to reconsider our lives, how we listen, how we receive, how we discern. For there are many spirits out there claiming our attention. But how do we focus on that voice of God and how do we learn to discern it and to embrace it? Now, I think this takes not only a kind of spiritual discipline through prayer and through meditation, through uh, a number of virtues, one of them detachment, which allows us to understand that nothing in this present world is going to help us achieve eternal life if we are not grasped by the hand of God and place our faith in him. But we also want to practice the great virtue of hope. Hope is based in the realization that in Jesus Christ the victory has been won. And the virtue of hope teaches us that that victory will be revealed completely. In spite of what happens to us in this world, in spite of the good times where we might forget the virtue of hope or the bad times when we might despair and not hope, but we hope because that virtue is rooted in the faithfulness of God. What he promises, he will fulfill. In his own time, in the fullness of time, But knowing that here we have no lasting uh, city, and although we realize that we have to spend a great deal of our time and effort in maintaining us and allowing us to live within this city, because it is an actual world, if not the complete and total world of the kingdom, but we practice hope, we practice the virtue of detachment. And we realize that the good times, the times in which we might consider a success for us, in times in which our fortunes seem to blossom, should not lead us to the forgetfulness of this fact that here we have no lasting city. Nor should the bad times lead us to give up waiting for God to show his hand allowing a kind of darkness to overshadow our mind and heart. So we prepare for those revelations of God and the final revelation in the second coming. This is not planning in the secular sense. So often I think Christians fall into that trap as long as they create a commission and they create vast plans, they're safe because we cannot force the hand of God. And so many of the purely natural or human planning falls victim to the law of unintended consequences. How many of the plans that were developed 
in the past four years, expected a pandemic. But I think one of the preparations is always the direction of our minds and our hearts turned toward Christ. To begin our prayer by the simple focus on the person of Jesus Christ, allowing our hearts and minds to be open to it. And as occurred in the life of Mary, in this fashion we can discern and embrace our particular vocations. They will be revealed to us, not in any particular time, maybe early, maybe late, but we should wait patiently and in great hope for that. And may we all, through the successful celebration of this season and the remembrance of the many graces and privileges that were showered upon our Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary, may we be brought to a point where we say, as Mary did at the conclusion of that scene of the Annunciation, may it be done to me according to your word. This allows us to understand that in all things, at every moment, in every place, our ultimate destiny is the kingdom of God. And it will be only there that our hope will be fulfilled, our faith expanded, our love made true, and happiness and joy successfully granted. <laughs> 